fantastic. I am what? full of shit. No, no, not right now. But not right now. Not right now. Sometimes, sometimes everyone is full of shit. And that is not a that is not that's not a a, a commentary it's on the state joke. of the world. No, it's a poop joke. Okay, because we talked a lot about poop last time. Maybe too much. Some some Are might you, say some might some might say that. I, on the other hand, think we talked an appropriate amount about poop. I guess it would would it be considered an appropriate amount of 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 poop talk if you were say at the doctor's about a bowel issue i mean obviously i feel like that's but for an ostensibly D podcast for what is ostensibly a dungeons and dragons podcast that's a good question i don't know i don't know if i have the answer for you there about the amount of poops now this last weekend i didn't take very many poops because we were at Gen Con. We were at Gen Con. And I was not about to poop at the convention center. I'm sure many people did. I'm sure many people did, yes. in fact, poop. Uh, I mean... And look, I love I love our fellow gamers. I love our fellow dorks and nerds. I love them. Mm-hmm. The The area of the convention hall that was dedicated to the the skirmish games, the, the Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. tables, all of that... Uh, the bathrooms in that area were foul beyond my wildest imagination. Right. It's surprising. You could go, you know, two football fields over, same yeah. convention center still, same room still technically, and yeah. just the quality of life uh, in the bathroom. Now, overall, I would say the bathrooms were quite lovely. Oh, yes. Given given the approximate 50,000 attendees mm-hmm. of this year's Gen Con, uh, which, by the way, we were at Gen Con between this podcast and the previous. And I believe we said on the previous podcast that we were going to be recording live at Gen Con. We didn't. Nope, we lied. Yeah. Um, we didn't intend on lying. No. It just happened that way because um, we were tired. Oh, God. my! It was... <laughs> it was exhausting. You know, it's one of those things like, all right, it's our first year. We're going to learn a lot. And we learned a lot. We did. We and did. one of those things was, it's just tiring to be there. It is. It's a lot. It takes a lot out of you. I I want to implore our our fellow content creators to go to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. We we met several people. We met Geek Girl Lissa, uh, Alec the Bard. Uh, we went to a panel with Quincy's Tavern and uh, Critical Dice. It was it was all lovely. It was great. Um, I want our internet friends to go. Yeah. I need I need role playing degenerates. I need Big Daddy Velvet. I need typical Gemini. I need typical Gemini. Particularly because we learned Wyatt how to play. Run. <laughs> what? What? Lightly jog. He's coming after you. Lightly a light jog. jog is all you need. Anyway. Light jog is all you need. <laughs> this is ostensibly a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, as we said. Uh, I'm Connor. And I'm Sam. And we are the Dungeon Bros. Though we're not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. We just flipped our thing. Did we flip our thing? Yeah, usually do. Yeah. Anyway. It's been a while. Been a while. And. Of course, you can follow us on the TikToks, the YouTubes, the the microwave oven, all Instagram. of the Instagram. Sam, Sam posted many a picture of our Gen Con experience at, on the Instagram. You can join our Discord server where over like 170, peop- 70, 170 people are. Wow. Which is quite a many. Quite a many. Quite a many. A small but growing community. Indeed. And uh, we also have our drive through RPG, which... Uh, I think I think it's still active. No, because so we're at the weekend now. Or, yeah. uh, didn't you said to go through till tomorrow? Ten. As of recording this. Oh yes, yes. By the time you're listening to this, if you're not listening to this live, there was there was a deal going on for our Blood Magic supplement that is no longer going on hey. as of the posting of this. If you're watching it live, you can go to our drive through RPG. But maybe uh, we should extend that sale since we plan to give out information about this sale mm, at mm-hmm. Gen Con which and then we didn't. didn't we didn't do that we didn't do that in the slightest now I might I might not there's also a bunch of free homebrew over on our drive through RPG every month we had a fairly big free month with our nature pack yes yeah. our go touch grass pack our go touch grass pack seeing as we were going to spend a lot of time in a convention center playing board games and apparently magically gathering yeah uh, which actually typical Gemini we talking about magic day a little we oh, might. We were gonna talk a little bit about magic. Uh, let me. Let me just. I'm just gonna grab. I got. I have my my lovely my lovely uh, commander deck here, Nalia de Arns, my my commander. I also have another commander option, but 
I don't play that one. I think and this I one have, cares. This one yes, cares. and I have fur track the in, uh, the cunning. Yes. So at at Gen Con, there was a learn to play Magic the Gathering event that we partook in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was commander style. There were four of us that were traveling with us: our friend Darren and your uncle. Yes. And uh, we. We participated. We all got, uh, as part of entry to the event, we got a uh, pre-made uh, commander deck. Uh, we basically, our pod, which was the four of us, we got four decks, and then we all got to pick one. Darren did it twice. He did it once without us, and then with us again. Uh, I ended up taking the same deck that Darren had on his first go, and I really like it. Sam, your deck's a little harder. My deck's a little harder. My deck especially works better with three or four people. Because it's very much based around goading uh, creatures, and then if they do damage to my opponents, then I get bonuses. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've been playing here just back and forth, you and I. Yeah. Um, we, well, first off, we were like, we got this, we got it, we played, and we uh, were like, oh, this is the last time we play, I guess. Nope. <laughs> we've played quite a bit in this past week. We have. It's but. still fresh. Um, I like I like my deck. I feel like my deck is a lot easier to play than yours. Um, but if you play that fucking swap boards and attack me with my fifty damage worth of creatures that I've created, I'm I'm gonna burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> that is twice the two times you've beat me. Yep, is with that fucking card. It's a good card. It. I had it on my deck for a long, fucking long time. Fucking blue decks, man. Fucking blue decks. It's bullshit. I love it. Before we get into the news of the day, we have a couple of news items, but we I think I think we want to just go through our Gen Con experience yeah, in general. Yeah, absolutely. Thursday, uh, we went for all four days for one. Thursday through Sunday. Thursday through Sunday, and we were vlogging the entire thing. I plan on putting together a video, maybe two, on the Dungeon Bros YouTube channel of our Gen Con experience, because it was quite lovely. Yeah. It was a good time. And I wanted to document it, because content. Yes, absolutely. Uh, always content. And Thursday, we just took that day as a, we're going to wander the fuck around. We're going to figure shit out. Um, we tried to, we both tried to get into a uh, D&D Onslaught preview event. Uh, it, th- that event was fully booked up. We didn't get a chance to get tickets, so we just kind of showed up and we're like, hey, can we slip in there? Um, I managed to get in. You did not, sadly. Yeah. Um so I got to preview D&D Onslaught with some people, learned the rules. Uh, they gave us a preview kit, which was really, really cool. It came with six minis and everything that you need to play the scenario they were demoing at Gen Con, uh, which is really, really fun. I think it would be fun to do a uh, how to play D&D Onslaught before the release of D&D Onslaught mm-hmm. video, uh, if, if we ever get around to that. It would be fun. I mean, uh, D&D Onslaught set to drop in October of this year. Yeah. So we have, a, we have a month and a half. We have a month and a half. I'd really like to get it done in a month. Bet. But. But. TBD. TBD. Um, so Thursday we did we did that and we just walked around. We, lo- we looked at a lot of booths. We didn't really know how to Gen Con quite yet, so we didn't really demo any games on Thursday, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. No, I don't think. Yeah, you're correct. Um that, that's something that I, I've gone to uh, Hyacon a couple times in the past, and Gen Con is leagues different. Um, just first off, so many people. Bean, is, that's a dr- that's a drunk ass party thing, isn't it? No, is that the drunk ass party one? Oh, she found the thing. Never mind. Anyway, in in cons I've gone to the, in the past, it was much more focused on cosplay. It was an anime. Oh, Hyacon's an anime con. Um, a lot more focused on on cosplay, mm-hmm. and then all the panels are just talking, really. Yeah. Um, and a much smaller floor at Gen Con. If you want to do anything besides walk around, you kind of have to buy tickets. You yeah. Have, you have to do pay a little extra. It's not too bad, and most things are two dollars unless you it comes with like, like the Magic the Gathering uh, mm-hmm. event that we did was forty four dollars, but we got the deck. There's also a lot of free events that you can mm-hmm. partake in, um, though they still were kind of picky about tickets for some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's strange. So yeah, it's it's a learning process. So yeah, Thursday we did end up going to one talk, one seminar on opening a game shop, um, which is something we've talked about in uh, in the past. About is opening a game shop. It's a lot of work. If you're on, if you're unsure of how small businesses are, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's tough, and um, it was arguably the most dull event that we went to. Well, yeah, yeah, it was very informative. It was very informative, and there were, uh, the, he went into very, very granular detail. And he went into very granular detail. Yeah. 
So it, it, was, it, was, it was a fine event. Um, we have aspirations of business starting, as many foolish, foolish 20-somethings do. Yes. Uh, Friday is where we did the bulk of our event going. Uh, that's where we went to the Quincy's Tavern Content Creator Workshop, which was, uh, it was fun and interesting, not as helpful um, as some of the other events that we went to. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was mostly a chance for you know, small this part of the community to talk to the creators and ask them questions. All the, all the creators on the panel, Quincy from Quincy Tavern, Jason from Critical Die, um, who else was there? And three other people that three we didn't guy. really know. Or like you, you'd probably, uh, yeah, we'd know you'd, them. You'd recognize them from TikTok, but we don't but really know them. They all very much focused on positivity, and um, while most of them were uh, full-time content creators, mm-hmm. others, uh, like Jackie, um, yeah. I, she does full-time botany, I think. I know, a botanist, a real-life druid. And then part-time, yeah, part-time uh, content creation. And most of their, you know, most of the advice was find your own path. Yeah, which we know. Now, I will say I did feel very uh, uh, many a kindred spirit in that room simply because from the moment we walked in until about five to ten minutes into the start time of the panel, there were many a food-related conversation, such as the hot dog sandwich debate. What is a ravioli? What is a ravioli? I brought up the... They were they were talking about the pop tart and the the hot pocket being a ravioli, which I disagree with because they are not boiled. But then I said, well, by your logic, then is the earth a ravioli with a liquid center and a crispy out exterior? And I think I broke Jackie's brain for a second, <laughs> which was very entertaining. Um, but ult- ultimately, that panel was nice. It was just cool to see people that we recognized from online, uh, even if the information wasn't as helpful to us. Yeah. But. It was our first event of the day. It was a fun one. After that, we had, what was it, storyfying games and gamifying stories? Yeah, so there's actually multiple events or multiple conventions that happen at Gen Con. One mm-hmm. of them is the Writer's Symposium, which is very much more formal than the rest of it. So much more formal. It was, it was, it was oh boy. Um, but yeah, that one, uh, we listened to a couple of creator, uh, like very, of professionals who their job is either to take video games and turn them into novels or take novelizations and turn them into video games yep. and or board games. Most of them had uh, resumes in the video game industry and several of them had uh, TTRPG experience as well. And it was very fascinating to see their methods. Um, I like, I like the analogy of the, of the nugget. You got to find that one little nugget mm-hmm. that, that fits uh, and, and taking, for example, if you have a setting book and there's a brief description of a town, taking that brief description and then fleshing it out into mm-hmm. a more in-depth thing. I thought that was very useful. Uh, that, that panel was nice. Our favorite panel of the day, though. Yes. Our favorite panel of the day was a networking panel. As gross as that sounds. And it was run by one guy. We sat down. There was one guy doing the panel. We were like, oh, boy, this is going to be one of those. This is going to be another um, <laughs> This is going to be another opening a game shop thing. Yeah. And he was funny. Uh, he, he was very informative. He kept the flow going. He did really good Q&A. Um, that, that was a really good one, learning how to network with people within a creative industry yeah uh and just general creative industry advice and help which was very that, that was probably our favorite panel of the weekend yeah besides being a college professor he was also a twitch streamer with yeah. with actual play D games which i think was fantastic awesome. and um a lot of people i think uh when it comes to networking feel very business-like yeah and he's just like you can just be friends with people yeah, <laughs> yeah just don't be a fucking weirdo <laughs> <laughs> was his main advice. We did get, uh, we did uh, talk to um, a a young illustrator, or yes. a young uh, uh, artist, and got her card because she asked about networking. Networking, and, and we're like, hey, hey, we need artists. We need artists. We like, we have, we have homebrew. We we have not worked on our next big pack very much at all. No, no. We well, life has been hard recently. Life has been hard. Life has been hard. But that was, uh, f- and then um, Friday night. Well, then we had two more, pa- another panel that we ended up skipping. Yeah, we skipped one panel because we were tired. Oh my was, God. Those panels were shockingly exhausting. Like, that's, that's one big takeaway I've, I took is um, don't do all your shit on the same day. Don't do all your shit on the same day. Maybe do one panel a day. If, unless, one, maybe um, two. Unless you're really into college. Yeah, it did It did feel like going to college a right. Then, oh, between, between those two writer symposium panels... 
we were we were we took a we took a lunch break. We did you and I, mm-hmm. and when we came back, we were walking to the Marriott Hotel, which is where those uh, events were, and a lovely person stopped us. Yes, and recognized us, which was weird and amazing. It was awesome. She wanted a selfie with us, and she put it on our Instagram and tagged us. You can you can find it on our Instagram, I believe, under tag posts. I believe so. Photos of you, maybe? maybe? I don't know. I'll have to do that. We'll, we'll definitely make sure to... She definitely added us in the description. We may we may have to go back and tag ourselves. I think she, she tagged us. She tagged she us? She tagged us, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, she was lovely. Very kind. Very, very excited to see us. It was unexpected. It, we were literally five minutes before talking like, there's... There's like 50,000 people here. Surely some people follow us. If anyone recognizes us, that'd be cool. If anyone recognizes us and was willing to like approach us and say that they know who we are, that would be even cooler. Mm-hmm. But not a chance, right? We did hit 20,000 followers Why that not, like the night before, which was awesome. And thank you. And then literally five minutes later, that happened. It, it was, was it was it was great. Uh, that was, was actually one thing we talked about months and months and months ago. It's like, <laughs> if we get one person recognizing at, us at Gen Con. Con made. Con made. And the con was made. It was made. It was made. Now, on Friday night, we we did an event called the Drunk Ass Party. Legendary Drunk Ass Party, Ass Party 10th Anniversary Edition. Yes. And it had it has pros and its cons. Yeah. Put on by Drunk Ass Games. Drunk Ass Games. Party. They they had some lovely drinking games. You get you, we got a couple. It was expen- It was an expensive ticket, mm-hmm. but it came with a meal. It came with a couple of drink tickets. We got some souvenir stuff. There were a bunch of giveaways and raffles, and it was per- it was perfectly fine. I don't know if I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, I'm not driven to do it again. Yeah, we met some lovely people that we would love to see at Gen Con in the future, mm-hmm. or just generally in the future, um, but not really worth it uh, yeah i think i think our first red flag is when we were talking to other people that were doing that event a lot of them were first time people doing it even yeah. though this was the 10th anniversary of the event so we were like oh that's a bit off the drinking games are fun but it was so, it was a it lot was, it was 70 people in a room smaller than our living room yeah, yeah. smaller than the room we're in right now and it was crowded, very crowded, very crowded. And I think part of that was, I don't think that we're planning on having it at, at that spot specifically. I don't think I don't it seemed, it seemed like some of the, it was a whole thing. It, it was, was a whole thing. thing. The food was good. The drinks were good. The people were good. We apologize to the staff. We Oh yes. I, I do love, I do love the waiter who was like kind of upset because like there was miscommunication between the event hosters and the, the place and things weren't going very smoothly and he was very frustrated. And then by the end of the night, he was super cheery because everyone was tipping him really well. <laughs> I think he had also had a few drinks himself, which certainly helps. Indeed. So we woke up, not really hungover, mostly tired, a little dry, very dry, very dry. We, we had, you had a liquid IV and we had some sports drinks and we just, we just, Trucked on through. Trucked on through. Saturday was when we did our Magic the Gathering Commander event. We learned yep. to play Magic the Gathering again. Got some cards. Met some other cool people that were super friendly. Yeah. Super helpful for us because all four of us barely got the rules of Magic the Gathering in general. A lot of really helpful people that weren't even the event organizers, which yep. was awesome. Yeah. It honestly was less of a learn to play and just... Here's a deck uh, to answer the Tonsa Honest Abe's question in the chat. What de- magic decks are you guys playing? I play a red-blue um, dragon uh, uh, deck, Commander. Uh, I've got a blue-black, or sorry, not a blue-black, a white-black, uh, like, D&D party-building deck where you're trying to get a rogue, a wizard, a cleric, and a warrior party together with Nalia de Arns as my commander. Uh, the, pre- the pre-made commander decks... Um, as part of the event, you got a bunch of prize tickets that I think we got 1500 each or 1400 each. Yeah, 1400 each, I think. And there were four of us, so we just pooled all of our tickets, and we got an entire uh, Dungeons & Dragons... Baldur's Gate. Was it Baldur's Gate or Forgotten Realms? I can't remember which one we got. It was one of the, it was one of the D&D booster, booster draft box boxes. And then a couple and, of Strixhaven as well. Yeah, we had a couple left over, so we got some Strixhaven ones. And then we just did like a little four-person draft afterwards. So we've got... Plenty of modern cards. Uh, we were able to augment our decks a little bit, and it was it was a lovely time. Yes, Magic the Gathering is fun. I remember why I enjoyed playing it. Then Saturday, we also walked around the show floor quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We played some games. Yes, uh, we we played probably our favorite game that we played 
and I think we both agree it was Armada. Armada, yeah, it's a it's a a a fantasy uh, maritime fighting or like tactical ship, fighting game, ship combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has a mat, but it's not grid based. It's it's measurement based and angular and much more freeform. And you have like your squads of ships. We played a very very dumbed down basic version, and we ended up getting it. Yeah, uh, not at the con. It was no. $125, $125 at the con. We're like, it's yeah. fun, but not $125. It was, all, it was fun, and it has the beautiful resin uh, injection molded ships that you can paint yourselves, and they're beautiful. But it was $75 on Amazon. So we did that. Yeah. It, sue us. I know. Amazon, big corpo. Yeah. Yuck. But it wasn't like 100% more of the price. Yeah. That's <laughs> so... Um, I, I, I'll give us a pass on that because we also ended up getting uh, two copies of the Red Dragon Inn, the original Volume 1 and Volume 4 from Slugfest Games. They had some very nice enticing coupons for them, so we got those at the Slugfest Games booth. Uh, these games we've been meaning to add to our board game collection for a hot minute. Yeah, uh, we uh, we we bought them that day. Took them ho- took them back to our Airbnb and played uh, played two rounds, one from each box of the four of us in our mm-hmm. pod and. Honestly, that was, uh, they're so easy and they're so so much fun and it, it really is so much fun. And, uh, they had a couple of free handout, uh, drink cards to add to them. They're Mm. Gen Con themed. And I also got the promo pack of Gen Con cards that are just fun drink event cards for the game. If you don't know, Red Dragon Inn is like the D and D party after the adventure, they've gone back to the tavern and now they're reveling with their prize money and you have a stack of gold coins and you have ability cards and you have fortitude and you have your alcohol content. If your fortitude goes down enough and your alcohol content goes up enough to the point that they hit the same value, or crossover, you pass that, out. then you pass out drunk and you lose. If you lose your coins, like you gamble away all your coins or you spend it or you lose them, you get kicked out because you have no coins and you want to be the last player surviving. It's like 15, 20 minutes a game. Super fun. Highly, highly, highly recommend. I think they're releasing edition eight right now. I believe so. And each edition basically just comes with Maybe a new mechanic or two, but mostly just new, Four new characters. adventurer characters with new decks. And you can just play as many... Basically, you can kind of play as many people as you have decks. Yeah. So we could play eight people right now, and I, I 100% think that, you know, next time we get a group of friends gathered up, we will. We will, and it'll be chaotic as fuck with eight people. Oh, yeah. And our drink decks are going to just be... We need to, we need to find an elegant way to combine all of them into one box, which we were talking about previously. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing, but uh, other than that, a couple other games we that. played. One was ca- uh, Catapult Castle. Yeah, little 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 uh, catapult mixed with like beer pong, basically. Yeah, beer pong for children. Yeah, uh, no drinking involved. That was a lovely time. And then. Um, Dungeon Scrawl was the other one we did. Get a whiteboard, you have a marker, and then each each different uh, uh, little symbol on the board has a different thing you do with it, yeah. with the marker. Um, and as my uncle pointed out, that game would be a lot more fun. As a drinking game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we didn't, we didn't demo nearly as many games as we would have liked. There were a couple that I wanted to demo, but it was always just super crowded around those booths, which, I mean, makes, makes sense. sense. Um, one thing that I would have liked to have done, but we didn't get a chance to, was uh, demo the Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. They had to learn yeah. to play D&D, a couple of tables set up there, and they were doing like 15, 20-minute combats. Uh, and they had these beautiful uh, 3D ships yes. for one of the combat encounters from Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Definitely cool. We looked at, we walked over there and we looked at them. We were like, wow, I wonder how much these... $250, okay. Makes sense. They were gorgeous. Very detailed. But... It would have been nice to sit down and play, but wasn't in the cards for the weekend. No, but you will get a chance to demo Stormwreck Isles here in a couple weeks with your uh, new D&D group. Yes, yes. Um, I have a work game that just got put together, and it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Now, Sunday, we just kind of did our wrap-up. We bought some art, bought some last-minute things Mm -hmm. that we didn't want to carry around with us the whole weekend. Kind of made it a half day. We met up with uh, our fellow TikToker, Geek Girl Lissa. Go follow she was, her. She was lovely. Uh, it was one of those, like, it's the last day of the con. Hi. Hi. Hug. Picture. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, so it do be like that sometimes. Um, oh, 
how did I forget? We met up with uh, one of my good friends, Norb. Norb, yes. He has uh, a YouTube channel, uh, Fell the Leb, which is another D and D. He's like an he's got like an animated persona person who mm-hmm. talks uh, about D and D. He's got like two point five thousand subscribers, uh, as well as his buddy, Dink, something Dink. It'll be it'll it'll appear in the in the description of the video. Maybe. Maybe if I remember to do that. I feel bad that I'm forgetting his username. They were both lovely. But Norb is a good personal friend of mine who uh, we met through mutual friend that I went to college with that he went to high school with. Um, and that was really, it was nice to see him as well. Uh, all in all, Gen Con, highly recommend. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend. And our fellow uh, TikTok creators, fucking go to it and hang out with us. You, 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 you people. Yes. There's one thing I will say. Again, for our first year at Gen Con, we've learned things that I plan to do for next year. And if you're listening and want to go, maybe take my advice. I don't know. I'm like a professional now. Um, I hope you heard the dripping sarcasm in my voice there. Oh, it, it, it was dripping. Um, anyway, so you know, our pieces, of our, uh, our pieces of advice are try not to schedule too many panels in a day. You might get burnout on them. I definitely want to do more learn to plays, sign up for more uh, uh, learn to plays and and demo games on the floor. And also, I want to try to find uh, next year. I'm going to try to find a game that I actually like and know and play a lot, and maybe do one of the tournaments because they have a lot of just tournaments and and uh, chances to play with random people. Maybe maybe we will be so good at Armada that we'll be able to fuck up anyone that wants to play Armada with us, or just maybe fucking dominate them. We'll be mediocre at Magic. And we'll be able to at least stay in a game for a little bit at Magic. Yeah, like not the first one out. No. Definitely not the one that wins. Oh, probably not. But like Maybe second or third out. I feel like we would both we could both sleep in there. Anyway. Yeah. We've got we've got a couple news items today. Nothing nothing too crazy. First news item of the day from Market Watch. MPD Group, a market research a global entity that tracks sales and revenue every quarter for a bunch of different industries, including the video game industry, as well as books and TTRPGs. Netflix and nostalgia spurs gains for Dungeons & Dragons book licenses. Dungeons & Dragons, as well as Stranger Things, both rose in the U.S. licensed book rankings from the MPD scans uh, last quarter. Specifically, Dungeons & Dragons in the second quarter of 2022 ranked sixth overall in the second quarter of 2022 with sales of $14.9 million based on MSRP book prices. The property's growth rate was 9% higher than the first quarter of 2022. And books based on Stranger Things ranked much lower at 21st with an MSRP sales of 593000 in the second quarter. But their growth rate was 390 <laughs> sequential <laughs> quarterly growth rate because Stranger Things doesn't have as many books. Obviously, the correlation between D&D and Stranger Things is very well intertwined. I'm very surprised to see that Dungeons & Dragons published content is ranking that high amongst all published content. Um, I believe this is at least in America, hmm. which is very, very surprising. And the fact that it is growing 9% faster than it had been previously is also a very, very big jump, obviously due in no small part to season four of Stranger Things. Yes. But it's a good time to be a D&D fan. It really is. The granular number is a bit boring, but I think useful to know. That's all I got. All right. Next up, why the Dungeons Dragon movie directors were surprised by test screenings. Um, so as we all know, uh, uh, D- the D&D movie, Honor Among Thieves, will be coming out next year in 2023. March. March of 2023. And uh, the directors, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and uh, who's the other one? My apologies. Oh, and John Francis Daly, um, who are also behind National Lampoon's Vacation Legacy sequel, the Horrible Boss movies, and the hit dark mystery comedy Game Night. Uh, At 
San Diego Comic-Con were opening up about the behind-the-scenes reception. Um, when asked about the screen the test screenings of the film, the co-directors confirmed that they've held them and shared the surprising things they learned from screenings, is that female viewers are loving the RPG tabletop adaptation as much as males. Uh, here's what Goldstein had to say. Especially women are loving it too, which D&D is not necessarily thought of as, but in fact is, and I think if handled right, it should be because of it's all because it's all about characters it's all about the feelings pe- it's all about the people feeling real and relatable we tried to tell a story of some people who are not superheroes by any means they kind of suck at a lot of things but they're great at other things so how do you make those skills come to the fore how do you tell the story where they all get to kind of level up over the movie yeah, uh, shocker to nobody, girls like D and D. That's uh, yes. Uh, I mean, we, I feel like that's kind of obvious. We we have introduced uh, quite a few of our female friends, as well as many of our male friends, to D and D. Just everybody, and 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 yeah, we. I I would have I I would not have ever thought from the people we know who we've introduced that girls like it any less. I know. Even when you look at the popular TTRPG streams, I mean, Critical Role, Ashley, Marisha, Laura, you've got Dimension 20 with Emily, and uh, I don't even know all the people. Uh, Bria is one of the biggest Bria. DMs in TTRPG community. Like Women like D&D. Shocker. I will say, for the movie, it is nice that people are enjoying it in preview mm-hmm. usually these behind closed doors preview screenings to get a gauge on audience reception are without full cgi without full color grading not always a final cut of the movie right. as, i mean it's august so the movie comes out in march they're not just going to stop working on it now it's good that the reception seems to be positive um there i've seen many people worried about it that like, how are they going to make a proper D&D movie when it's supposed to be super individualized for every table? It's like, well, you just got to get the vibe and have some cool references. Yeah. And they're not taking themselves too seriously, so I'm all good. What's next? Ooh. For those of you that know me, one of the few things that I love in this world as much as D&D, if not more, is the timeless classic the Lord of the Rings. Wizards of the Coast has printed many source books and adventures for fans of D&D to choose from, but they're only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to TTRPG content. Fans of all kinds have been creating their own D&D worlds and mechanics, sometimes even sharing them with the world on popular sites such as DriveThruRPG, DriveThruRPG and the DM's Guild, as well as, you know, popular voice actor Critical Role, Matt Mercer, the Blood Hunter, his own IP becoming D&D canon. But Free League Publishing recently revealed that it is working on a Lord of the Rings 5e, a D&D adaptation of its previous tabletop RPG product, The One Ring. The One Ring, a tabletop RPG product I was very interested in when I first got into D&D because of my love of The Lord of the Rings. Few details have been shared thus far, but fans can reportedly look forward to new travel mechanic rules, classes, and cultures to appear in the sourcebook when it releases sometime next year. Lord of the Rings 5e is exciting in its own right, but it's particularly notable when you consider other recent D&D adaptations of big IPs. Free League's project may indicate a rising interest in adapting franchises of all kinds for tabletop gaming nights. There's a million different TTRPGs out there. there there's, a, there's a Bloodborne TTRPG. There, any major, major property. Power Rangers. Transformers. My, My Little, Little Pony. Pony. You know, the way we said that, it sounds like we actually enjoy My Little Pony. I've I, I said it. it with a groan. But we said it in unison. I know. I don't like it. I'm fucking... Thr- There's an Elden Ring TTRPG. Hmm? I am thrilled for a 5th edition Lord of the Rings coat of paint. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. I, I feel you are among the majority. Unless they fuck it up. They're not going to fuck They're it up. They're not going to fuck it up. We believe in... We the, believe one, in the, the One Ring... Of the world. Free, the One Ring TTRPG book. I've seen it in person, and I flipped through it for like twenty minutes at a bookstore one time, and I was like, "Do I want to buy this?" 
I'm poor. No. <laughs> it's very it's very feature rich. It's got a lot in it. Uh, very well written. Uh, one of the better one of the better third party source books and setting books that has come out. Hmm. Um, it wasn't D and D mechanics. So I was weary of getting it because I didn't want to try and learn a whole set of new mechanics, even though there was a significant overlap, but try and get people to play that. I figured D and D would be a lot easier, which it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love part of me. Okay. I'm of two minds. Part of me loves that all these properties are wanting to make fifth edition supplements and source books. The other part of me is like, Oh man, it's just everything going to be D&D and then it's just only D&D and then suddenly like D&D Pathfinder Call of Cthulhu and like that's it. Yeah. Which too many TTRPGs is not a great thing either but having everything be consolidated into one while convenient for a consumer not the most ideal for the industry. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure we'll see some ebbs and flows over the years. Um, I mean, as we've talked about, even just in in Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition with 5.5 coming out soon, there's just so much content that we can't we can barely keep up. You know, we got you know, Spelljammer coming out, we got Dragonlance coming out, we've got you know all these books and all these settings. That's all. That's all Wizards of the Coast. That's official. just Wizards of the Coast. Um, the market's getting real flooded. Oh yeah. I, people are, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is the sixth most popular book by sales in America in the last quarter. And their their growth is not linear. It is currently spiking. Yeah. So while not entirely surprising, a bit concerning, I, controversial opinion, which is the coast, maybe like back off on the releases a little bit. Chill out. Daddy chill, as they say. It'll be interesting to see how much they continue to... What what, what pace they continue to put things out once they drop 5.5. Um, mm. Yeah, maybe maybe they will be. Maybe they'll start uh, doing just refreshes of old of old current you know 5e content to bring it up to the current maybe they'll start putting out more of like the terrain and the Mm -hmm. minis packs who knows we'll have to see or not minis minis their character pack the character case um but yeah we'll we'll be keeping a close eye on the goings on and let you know one thing i will say i would be surprised because if they brought 5e things up to 5.5 in new releases because they did say that 5e content is going to be backwards compatible with 5.5 system. So we're not going to have a huge system overhaul yeah. like we've had between like 3.5 to 5th edition. So the system is re- relatively going to be the same. It seems like 5.5 is going to just kind of trim the fat and streamline some of the mechanics whilst keeping them the same and then updating some of the older, more classic PHB classes to bring them up to sort of the modern design philosophy monsters of the multiverse design philosophy your monsters of the multiverse your tasha's level of subclassing we got one more news item samuel one more news item not D. as we just said there's a lot of D. this is not D. this is one of my favorite things betrayal house on the hill gets its first expansion for third edition um avalon hill the producer of of betrayal house on the hill uh, will be releasing its first expansion of for the new edition of Betrayal at House on the Hill later this year, The Werewolf's Journey, Blood on the Moon. Um, this is going to add an additional character uh, who is a werewolf. Um, she will have five specific haunts incorporating her into the story. And they can and players can use her normally as well. Um, also included in the new expansion will be two new room tiles, four game cards, and a custom scenario card. Betrayal of the House on the Hill will receive a new edition, uh, received a new edition earlier here this year with brand new haunts and revised rules for easier gameplay. The Werewolf's Journey, Blood on the Moon, will release in October with no retail price currently listed uh, for the expansion. Um, Betrayal of the House on the Hill 3rd edition is expected to be released in the U.S. over the next few months. Love a game of Betrayal. We, we play... That's one of the play games we actually do play a lot of when we have game nights. Yeah, it, it's a lot. 
it's like the main game if we play a game. Yes. I've I've often I've often said my, you know, a game night theory of mine is you start with a nice little easy game, um, and then you do a big heavy game like Betrayal or Pandemic or something like that. And then you do a you do a cool off sesh. Mm-hmm. Which having having just kind of a, a low I don't want to say low effort, but a low barrier to entry game. Like we have Anomia over there, for mm. example, or Dutch Blitz, whilst we wait for everyone to arrive at a gathering. Followed by the big, the, the fucking, you know, the heavy hitter. Your Dominion, your Betrayal, your Armada. Oh boy. Oh boy. Then you can follow it up with a little Red Dragon in. Chill off. Chill everybody, off. everybody finishes their drink and then uh, exactly. they leave our house. Yep, that's the best part about hosting game nights is that um, you don't have to go anywhere. No, and then people leave. Yeah, it's great. All right, wrap up time. Wrap up. One day from the posting of this, about a week, about five days from the recording. Tune in for D and D Wizards presents. They're going to be talking on Twitch and YouTube live about a new D&D and Magic the Gathering announcements. D&D XMTG. Uh, they show a picture of a beholder of Dritzt Odern. Dodern. I don't know. Dritzt Odern. Whatever. The, the drow that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. And my hamster. Boo. Boo. So possibly uh, another Magic the Gathering setting in D&D or another D&D set for Magic the Gathering possibly or, a Spelljammers crossover between the two if we're bringing in Boo the or, hamster both possibly both the D&D starter set Dragons of Stormwreck Isle is available now at Target in North America exclusively exclusively at Target limited exclusivity Jan- uh, October 4th 2022 for general release 48 page adventure booklet with everything you need to get started a 32 page rule book for playing characters of levels one to three five ready to play pre-made characters with character sheets and six polyhedral game dice dragons of Stormbreak isle looks pretty cool and is out go to get from tarjay and finally we saw this at Gen Con, but we didn't get a chance to play it. Dungeons and Dragons, the Yawning Portal board game, debuted at Gen Con. Gen Con, of course, event 2022, ran from August 4th to August 7th. Avalon Hill slash Hasbro brought Dungeons and Dragons, the Yawning Portal board game, unveiled for the first time. Pre-orders are live on Amazon for $55.99, starting on August 3rd, so you can pre-order it now. Set in the famous Yawning Portal Tavern and Inn located in the city of Waterdeep, this Euro-style strategy game will allow you to live the dream of joining the tavern's staff. It'll be your job to keep the Yawning Portal's eccentric clientele fed while they spin tales about their adventures in faraway lands. It's got a bunch of colorful pieces, got a nice little tavern board, seems like a little uh, money-collecting gem thing with decks of cards for different things seems neat we didn't get a chance to try it out but if you want to pre-order it on amazon it is 55.99 go team that is all the news for today all of the news all of the news of course we like to end our episodes with questions comments concerns thoughts and or ideas from our tiktok live audience as well as members of our discord server which we have had a question in the Discord server for quite a while Ooh. from the one, the only, DK Alexander. Okay. Of course, you can join our Discord server if you want to have your questions, comments, concerns read on the show. Link in the link tree in our bio of all of our social medias. Yep. Free to join. Free to join for everyone. We're yeah. over, what is it? 1, 2, 24, 145 plus 24. 69. 169. Nice. nice. 169 people are currently members of. From DK Alexander. Hey, maybe I asked this, but I don't think so. Do you allow guns slash firearms in your games? Style, modern, musket, flintlock, use within which classes? Well, DK Alexander, that's an interesting thing you've brought up. Because the answer is yes, we do. Um, big fan of the firearm. Big fan of the firearm mechanic. So, currently... In the uh, Netherdeep campaign that you are running, yes. my character plays a, uh, a a former Whitestone Rifle Corps member, mm-hmm. and thus that comes with a musket. Um, 
And we've also talked out of game about semi more modern mm-hmm. going f- from muskets and the old like original firearms, which are basically just loading property weapons. Yes. To moving over to a more um, Matt Mercer gunslinger style mechanic with uh, reload mechanics as well as misfire Yep. Uh, in the future. I've also taken um, guns are firearms and guns are one of those things that in D and D, if I I I had not traditionally um, thought about having them, but then at one point I used an army of GIF, the giant hippo people that come from the astral sea, and they do have far, firearms, and my party actually stole um, some of them. And the only one that was super interested in them was the Bard. So I started to mock up a little Bardic Gunslinger subclass. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can take like a, a Valor Bard or Swords Bard and kind of just tweak that a little bit. Oh. If you were wa- wanting to do something like that yourself. Well, this well, I started doing this before the release of Xanathar's mm. where the Swords Bard is. I, I've Sidebar about the Swords Bard. One of the more underrated subclasses of Bard, I would say. Love that, love that class. The Swords Bard with a one-level dip in Hexblade, Hexblade Warlock is fucking unbelievably good. Just putting that out there. You put it out there. It is now in the ether. Removing, going back through the previous sidebar to your Gunslinger subclass. Yes. Um, haven't touched it in a while. That character is not currently in the campaign. He pulled from the deck of many things and got the Donjon card. Yikes. 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 That is all we have for questions from the Discord. We will now go to the TikTok Live. TikTok Live. Um, from Kiro. Do you like anime? He and then, yes. then the one cocked eyebrow emoji. Nani? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we we enjoy the animes. Big fans. We've been watching. We watch uh, Attack on Titan together. We did. We're not fully caught up. Because not fully caught up. Well, we saw the writing on the wall that it was going to be a little while until they got the next half season, I guess, announced. So we're just kind of waiting to finish that out. We're up to uh, part two of season four, Mm -hmm. which is, oh boy, Ed and Diego. (laughs) Ed and Diego. I have seen every episode of Naruto. Now, what I'm afraid you just heard me say was, I've watched a lot of Naruto. What I said was I have watched every episode of Naruto from when I was a small child till I was in college and Naruto Shippuden ended. Technically, the manga ended when I was in college and the anime ended when I was an adult. That's neither here nor there. I've watched every episode of Naruto. And of course, I'm, some, some, some frilly things. I, I, I love the, uh, the Your Lion April. Very sad. Also, Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, all of, of his, all of his films are great. I got a lovely art piece of uh, Miyazaki film characters from an artist at Gen Con. Uh, my my younger stepsister is a very big fan of My Hero Academia, yeah. so I got her a print as well from Gen Con. And yeah, we we like the anime. We like the anime. I've also watched My Hero, Demon Slayer, Full Metal Alchemist, both regular and Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist. Full, full Metal Alchemist. Alchemist. Um, I'm a fan of the Fate series. I'm a fan of uh, 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 Soul Eater. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Yu-Gi-Oh tattoo. I have a Pokemon tattoo. I have Pokemon's barely anime. It's anime. It, it counts. It's anime, but it's it's anime, but it's like anime. But it is anime. I know it from I I only used to watch the anime uh, the the Sunday the Saturday morning anime. Ooh, yeah. Which of course you could also throw like Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh into Digimon. that similar. Oh. Digital monsters, yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to sidebar. I used to, <laughs> I used to wake up early before school on the weekdays because they would air episodes of Pokemon early, early in the morning at like five in the morning, five thirty in the morning. Yeah, and I would need to leave for school at six thirty, so I would wake up, watch an episode of Pokemon early in the morning, then I'd go shower, eat breakfast, and go to school. <laughs> Yeah, we enjoy anime. We enjoy anime. Moving on. Next, um, 
Do, do, do. I, will, I will shout out to Typical Gemini, our friend Wyatt. Uh, love, love Typical Gemini. Helping out some people in the chat, asking about our Discord and asking about what's going on today. Yeah. Uh, Typical, uh, we had a lovely interview with him uh, a couple weeks ago. You can see it in our podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. We talked, uh, he and I sat down and we talked about D&D as well as Magic the Gathering quite a bit. And uh, we, we shared many a, a cringe story of Magic the Gathering, like how I had a very expensive 20th anniversary vault box of Magic the Gathering cards that I got in a uh, raffle from a pre-release event of uh, Theros back in 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, I traded away the Jace the Mind Sculptor for a bunch of cards that I wanted because I was new and I just wanted a lot of cards to flesh out my deck and completely demolished the value of that box in in the process <laughs> it, it went from like a, i think it's a several hundred dollar on ebay complete to like maybe 25 <laughs> Oof. Oof. Was, you live and you learn but i have a lot of magic cards now <laughs> from from that era there you go um and finally we have from epic pleb what do y'all think of rogue barbarian multi-class in D&D 5e. Ooh. Now, if I recall correctly, the rogue barbarian multi-class is uh, what Allison's character, the Owlbear, was. The Owlbear. In, uh, in the, the, Owlma- the Owlbear Batman. The Owlbear, the Owlbat Bearman. <laughs> in the <laughs> Tarion Darrington uh, one-shot. One shot. Now... The the thing the thing when you have to you have to worry about when multiclassing marshals. Some of them go very easily. The fighter you can multiclass with anything. Yeah, yeah. The paladin you can kind of multiclass with anything. A lot of things. Yeah. When it comes to the barbarian with the rage mechanic and the rogue with the sneak attack mechanic, they have very specific requirements to be able to use those features. The rage mechanic, if you want to get your bonus damage on rage, you need to be attacking with your strength modifier Mm -hmm. but the sneak attack the sneak attack requires either a ranged weapon attack or attacking with a finesse weapon the rules as written for the sneak attack does not require you to attack with your dexterity modifier but to simply attack with a weapon that has the finesse property your dagger your rapier so if you were to for example Talison's character in ter- in the Darrington Brigade I believe he attacked with daggers thrown. thrown thrown daggers and you can use your strength modifier when you use a thrown weapon he used he used his strength modifier but because the dagger had the finesse property he could get a sneak attack with it but use his strength modifier so he would get his rage now does that mesh very well it limits your weapon options quite a bit mm-hmm. the dagger the the rapier the short sword kind of all you can really do unless you go unless you are willing to forego either the rage damage or the sneak attack damage yeah having extra attack as a rogue with sneak attack is very very helpful at level five you get extra attack as a barbarian having two attacks gives you two chances to land your sneak attack every turn Mm -hmm. so you're gonna still you're still going to have like your big hit and then a lesser wimpy hair hit but if you miss on your first attack you don't just forego your sneak attack you have another chance to get it which is nice oh yeah and then of course the barbarian raging if you go the toad with the bear like talison did you get resistance to everything except psychic Mm -hmm. you can recklessly attack which grants you advantage which automatically gives you your sneak attack as well Mm -hmm. so it there is a good amount of synergy there i think it requires a little bit more to pull off and there isn't really an elegant way to take specific levels at specific times to make it like most optimal yeah, uh, I think a lot of the multi, these interesting multi-classes that people come up with are rarely ones that I would ever play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very... They're one-shot s- characters. One-shot characters primarily. Yeah, characters where you just start at level 16. Characters yeah. you start at high enough level where it's like, I have all the cool things I want to do. Yeah. I don't have to sacrifice my ability to play the game the up pro- until that point. Because the main problem with the Barbarian Rogue multi-class is... Either your sneak attack damage is going to be really, really low and non-existent, or you're really only going to have rage and reckless attack, and you're missing out on the big benefit of your barbarian subclass of your extra attack. Mm-hmm. Really, that multi-class comes on, like, really fully comes online at about level 10, when you've got five levels in each, and then you can just focus on rogue the rest of the way, really. Unless you have a specific 
subclass feature that you want to get out of Barbarian, but that's... I personally feel like multi-classes that go farther than five levels into the secondary class are just not going to work, you know? A lot of the times, yeah. Like, when you, like if you get in a multi-class where it's like, I need eight levels of this and I need 12 levels of that, I'm like, that's probably not going to work out very well. Yeah. Level, level one dip. Oh, yeah, level one dips, especially in Cleric. The Cleric level one dip we are big fans of. The Fighter level one dick, dip. Dick. <laughs> The fighter level one dip is a very good first level dip or just subsequently because you get every proficiency and action surge or no action surge is level two. You get healing or it second wind, the whole thing. I personally am a very big fan of the Hexblade Warlock one level dip. Yeah, you are the charisma based attacking. If you are the aforementioned swords bard, the valor bard, the paladin, the Hexblade Warlock. Great. I would say start with your first level of Hexblade Warlock. You then get Hexblade's Curse as a nice little bonus action, little marking ability that normally you wouldn't get for mm-hmm. the Paladin or the Bard. You get to attack with your Charisma, so you only have to focus on one stat. Really two, Charisma and Constitution. Then you get a short rest spell slot as well. Oh yeah. That replenishes. So you have an extra casting of shield that you don't have to worry about. You have a small little baby smite that you get back on a short rest. Like the synergies there work. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Now lore wise, fucking figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Lore wise is always one of those things you can, you can bend. You can massage it. You can put it over your knee and, and Make it like a little baby. I was going to think like a, like a piece of breaking a stick over your knee, but whatever. Like a baby. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, real quick, we do have uh, Papa Lycan jumped in and said, Papa. click, clank, here comes the tank, baby. Oh, my gosh. We won the Papa Lycan Creator Contest. Well, we didn't win. We were third in the Papa Lycan Creator Contest for his 71,000 followers that he has on TikTok. So, yes, thank you to everybody who voted. He turned us into a... Two-headed giant. It was a two-headed, ge- I believe it was a gemstone giant, is what he called it. Gemini giant. Gemini giant. Which, with our obsession of typical Gemini, makes sense. Yes. That is, that is a fair assessment of the giant. We're like a two-headed giant that has like a bunch of psionic stuff and some spell casting and resistance to mental things, and then we can fucking demolish you with a club. <laughs> just fucking just splatter your guts across the floor. Um... We may, we may need to contact our new artist friend to requisition some art. Ooh. And, yeah. And I, I, we should... We, if Papa, if you're in the chat still, we should we should talk to him about uh, uh, releasing it for free on our own DriveThruRPG. He is collecting all of the monster stat blocks that he has created for other creators in a big PDF, like, full thing. Uh, and you can donate to him to help him... Uh, accomplish that and get access to it but i would like to see if he'd be down if uh, we requisitioned an artist and got some cool art for it and just made that one of our free packs that'd be cool i think that'd be fun dad will contact you uh, sorry papa lichen will father dad um uh he is our father who art in lichen <laughs> oh Ooh. and our daddy yeah he's that's, not our daddy he's not our daddy that's big velvet <laughs> that's ralph he's our daddy but Mr. Lycan is our father. Senior Lycan. Senor Lycan. Now, this is a bit of a shorter podcast than normal. We're just now recording, about to hit an hour. So by the time it's trimmed down, it's probably going to total to an hour. But we are weary from our travels. Yes. I think we... A we, little light on the news. We managed to survive uh, con flu. We did. But then I got sick two days later. Yes. And then, and then other people that went to Gen Con, like Whip Jack on TikTok, she got the COVID. Yeah, the Rona. The Ronas. Uh, there, were, there were many a TikTokers that were there. And it seems like everyone escaped. I will say at Gen Con, everybody was very diligent about wearing the masks and following the health and safety guidelines. Good on you. Good on you, nerds. Mm-hmm. Well done. Very we're very proud of you. Uh, typical Gemini. Did I miss the magic talk? Apparently. Apparently. Sucks to suck, dude. Be better we, next we're, time. We've talked about playing a little magic, uh, you know, like setting up some cameras and playing some magic and laying the internet make fun of us. Yeah. Maybe you could join us sometime. Yeah. That'd Let us fun. know. That'd be fun. Of course, you can find us on the TikTok, on the YouTube, 
over 20,000 if you follow us on the TikToks. Thank you. So nice. Makes us very happy. Makes makes us tingle in all the good ways. The happy tingles. Ah. Oh. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, where over 160 of you do. A little bit of a different number balance there. Uh, you can check out our recent videos there on um, Spellpoint Variant Rule for the Warlock, as well as the math surrounding the Great Weapon Master and Sharpshooter feats. That video, not doing as well as, uh, as the Spellpoints one. So check it out. Help, help me out. Make me feel better about myself. Because the Lord knows I won't. You can find all of our podcasts posted there, as well as podcast services around the globe. Apple, Google, Spotify, microwave ovens, um, uh, soda streams as well. Yes. You push the button on the top. And it'll feed you, uh, it'll, it'll put you in contact with our secretary, the moon. And we'll give you a lovely fizzy beverage. Yes. While you wait for our podcast to load, because the moon, the moon operates on her own time. Which is fine. But once it's uploaded to Spotify, man, that buffering goes quick. It goes fast. You gotta drink that. You gotta gotta chug the LaCroix, if you will. Of course. You can join our Discord server, where 169 of you already do. Nice. Nice. Uh, You can ask us podcast questions, as well as collaborate and try and play D&D online with virtual new friends. As well as ask any D&D questions of that community, as well as ourselves, that you may have. And last, but not least, but not least, our drive-thru RPG link in the link tree in the bio of all of our socials and yeah there's a lot of free homebrew there as well as one paid piece of homebrew our blood magic supplement mm-hmm. which is quite lovely people are very big fans oh of course and samuel runs the instagram i do pictures videos podcast shout outs things like that with all that out of the way without further ado thank you Enjoy the rest of your weekend or week or whenever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this in your car, um, drive safe. The grannies are worth 40 points if you hit them. Dogs are not worth, are any, not worth any point. We no, don't want negative to hit, points. We don't want to hit it. We don't want to hit. Yep. You right. loo- you, it's actually negative 190. So watch out for the puppers. Cats. You have to hit them nine times total, but you get um, 20 points. Yeah. In the meantime, peace out. And don't actually hit. Yeah, don't hit. Don't actually actually hit hit people with your car.